sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to uh, another um, magical quarantine episode of the uh, Beer Engine podcast. Um, we are coming to you remotely. You know, for so frequently we would be together, uh, Tony and I, in the same room, recording, looking at each other, remembering what either of us look like, um, remembering how I am uh, skinny and svelte and normal-looking and have a normal-looking face that looks good. Um, and Tony, similarly, with a similar body type, um, uh, who uh, it walks normal and does mostly normal stuff. And has a full head of hair, I would like to add. Uh, yep. Uh, long shoulder length um, blonde hair and he uh yep we would be we would be looking admiring each other telling each other how cool we are and how good we are um but unfortunately we're far apart so for all i know uh you know for all tony knows i'm you know 30 pounds heavier than the last time he saw me and for all i know tony uh, walks with a limp so um tony how are you um whatever you look like look i'm 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 trim and i'm I'm tanned because we all know we're spending so much time in the outdoors these days. Um, but other than that, I can't say I've really changed since the last time you've seen me. And no, and very a very like and a and just like hot, you know, both of us. Just so oh, everybody knows, hot. We are dude kind magnets. A, like, yep, yeah, uh, like a meaty, you know, dong. I think. <laughs> on both of us, right? So. <laughs> oh, sorry. The word meaty was the thing that got me. Not the dong part, but the meaty part. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all, I mean, for all we know anyways. And, uh, you know, of course, being quarantined, all that stuff could be true and might be true forever um, for as long as we may um, or may not uh, be alive uh, here in the in the COVID-19 universe. Um, Tony, how's your, how's your quarantine uh, treating you? And maybe we can, well, and, and tell it in, in just as true of, of, uh, of uh, statements as you, as we were all just using. Uh, it's delightful. I, um, I um, have a full day. I have no issues with boredom. Um, I have a huge queue on Netflix of quality, quality shows. Um, and all the other streaming platforms. And, of course, sport channels are packed full of sport, but in the four-third format rather than the widescreen format, which is great to watch. Nothing like watching college basketballers from 20 years ago who never made the NBA and you've forgotten about 12 months after they finished. Um, but aside from that, no, I'm doing well and keeping busy and and. Moving this show forward, by the time we release this one, we should have three or four shows in the feed and people will be tuning in for the first time. So we won't just be talking to the ether. We'll be talking to two, three, four people, we hope. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I, 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 I am confident we'll be reaching three or four people, absolutely. Um, the uh, So... We, everybody's asking. Uh, I know every, all three or four people are there. You know, it's September or whatever, wherever they are. But it won't be that late. Um, but they're saying, 
what was that show that everybody liked on Netflix with that one guy who did that one thing? And I know what they mean. They are thinking about the show Nailed It. And what do you think about that show, Tony? And that's not a guy. And I couldn't come up with a different show. So, uh, did you want my opinions what, on? What, give me, give me your thoughts on Nailed It, Tony. I think the first two seasons were delightful. I think every season since then has been going downhill and is fast headed towards a Food Network show. That's a, that's a reasonable, yeah. I mean, how much of that can you really like survive through? I mean, how much how much like failure can you watch in a given in a given period? So the new season of that just dropped, so I will be I will be watching that actually. But the issue I had is in the in the first two seasons, the uh, contestants were kind of earnest in um how they how bad they were now i feel like every single person every single contestant on that show is is sort of putting on how awful they are and either really aren't that awful or just doing a bit it's the problem with worst cooks for a while right so worst cooks kind of started off it felt like more kind of clueless people and then everyone was trying to do a gag of like how shitty of a cook they were. So they're just like tossing in chocolate chips into spaghetti bolognese or whatever, you know. So you're kind of loony. I actually, my, one of my favorite nailed it um, people that I, I want to bring up is this retired cop. Um, and don't, come on, don't tell me how much I like cops. All right? You don't have to do that to me. But this retired cop who um, would not, he just refused to use a recipe. He was out on recipes. He just looked at it. Cake. He would not use a cake recipe. He looked at it and he said, well, it has to be some kind of liquid with flour in it. So he just kind of mushed it, mushed together a liquid with flour and sugar and, and milk or whatever and uh, threw it in the oven. And then he's like, well, I'll just make that. I'll just kind of make it how it looks. So he just like finding, you know, little letters and, 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 and painting designs on there. And it was horrible. And he was an idiot and a lunatic. And he was one of my favorite uh, contestants ever. I don't know if you ever saw that one, Tony. I'm, I'm, I probably did. They all sort of merged together in a... They um, run together, yeah. In a sort of a, a, a hazy dream of, of Jacques Torres, Nicole Byers, and a bunch <laughs> of like, like Kelly from the Valley types. Yeah. When, when, when he lost weight, that was crazy, wasn't it? When, when Jacques like dropped. 40 pounds. That was what that was wild. I always find that really odd when when people go through that whether it be chefs or whether it be celebrities. Like have have you got your head around El Roker yet? El Roker. Um I actually haven't thought about El Roker for a long time until you mentioned that. Um <laughs> you know, I, I I think about this a lot is that I um I see somebody lose that much weight and I my first impression is not Oh, good for them. My first impression is they're dying. They have <laughs> cancer or something happened really bad to them that uh, I just can't, I just can't ever assume the best option, which is, you know what? Good on Al for going out there and getting healthy. It's damn, what happened to my, you know, cause I saw, I, I had a buddy whose mom was probably like two two fifty, you know, big, bigger lady. Um, and, and she came and then like three years later, maybe at his wedding or something like that, I was at, and she was skinny, you know, lost a hundred pounds at least. And I'm like, oh my God, is Matt's mom? Okay. Is everything okay? You know? And I'm like hushed tones asking my friends, like something happened, you know? And, um, he's like, oh, she's just like, you know, working out and, and getting strong and getting healthy. And, you know, I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> well, why would you do that? You know, like <laughs> just assuming people are fucked up. Like that's, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's a, that's a bad, certainly a bad, um, instinct i would say so i wouldn't recommend anyone else pick that up but yeah i saw Jacques, and and both me and kelly looked at each other and said like oh is Jacques sick or something is he all right you know and he was literally better than he'd probably been in a decade you know at least and and uh and i'm just assuming he's dying so bad approach by me um well speaking of people are dying and netflix um tony we are gonna have to do it you're gonna have to, we're gonna have to tell each other about tiger king um, so Tony, did you watch Tiger King? I guess is my first question. It is in my queue. I have not yet watched it. I am familiar with one of the central characters, um, but I have not, as of right now, watched it. And it has been out for a full week at this point. Not having seen it, I would like you to tell me which of the central characters you're familiar with. The uh, the the dude with the mullet and the mustache. Joe the Tiger King, yeah. Okay. I think he's been on a Louis Theroux documentary and that's where I know him from. <laughs> there was a podcast about him apparently. I was I was scrolling through Twitter facts or twi- like some tweets from some fellow who recorded a podcast and I was very fascinated by all the, the kind of histories of all these people. Um, uh, well, t- well, Tony, I, I, I guess on ne- next week's show we'll have to get your recap of that because um, uh, I rarely watch kind of the the, the – you know, the show du jour, I suppose. Um, because especially right now, um, because you look at the top 10 on Netflix and most of it is like, um, you know, epidemic 2020, you know, it's like these, (laughs) these fiction shows about everybody dying. And I am not in a mood to, um, engage with, with sadness. Um, just not, not happening, you know? Um, so I just want you to shovel me some garbage, put, you know, treat, I'm the dump, shovel that trash right into me. You know, that's what I want right now. I don't want to think. Um, so I've been watching, uh, and, and you can kind of vote on these if you've seen any of them. Have you watched Love is Blind? <laughs> I will not be watching Love is Blind. Oh, that is one on. show I will be avoiding. No, man, I'm going to have to have Brian on because, because, uh, we know he's we know he's watched it and maybe kind of and and thought about it in the way that I think about it, which is what's going on with these people. Like, um, I, I need to know more. And how did they? And and then I got actually, um, uh, my wife got very mad at me um, because I was very concerned with like the mechanics of the show, and she's like, "Can't you just like this?" I'm like, "Well, actually, do you think they added these people for this reason?" Or, um, and the same with the circle. Have you watched the circle? Yeah, that's another show that you should be watching, but yes. See, Sorry, I have the same problem with you with reality shows. It's not that I necessarily think they're all trash, although I think Love is Blind has the potential to be trash. But I get too no, in deep in the, into the mechanics of why did they choose this person? Is this person, did they cast them deliberately as the villain? I'm is, thinking about the rooms. I, what are these, how did they set these up, you know, uh can they see each other through these mirrors is well, you know, what is this? You know, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm kind of like studying the room for cameras. Um, it's a problem. That's no way to watch TV. It isn't, but at least it hasn't worked my way into dramas for reality TV. I know it's fake and I like looking at the mechanics of sort of the fakeness of it all, but 
It hasn't affected my ability to watch fictional shows, but uh, but for reality shows, it certainly has because the formula is just so standard. It's it's more formulaic than than most scripted shows in the fact that we always have a villain, a surprise villain, an underdog, a joker, and the conflict always plays out between the same parties. Well, Tony, we know the tweet. My life, a movie, you know. That's how it is. That's real life. My life a movie. My life a movie at the moment would just be me day drinking because what else are you going to do in these times? Let's talk about my day drinking. Um, in yours for that matter. Um, so it's, uh, it's, we- it's Wednesday here. Um, it's Thursday for you. Doesn't matter. Of course. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter. It's the daytime where you are, so that's probably <laughs> that's least true. relevant slightly to this discussion, but... Let's not get hung up in the temporal, I suppose. But um, I am drink. I am night drinking right now. I haven't been day drinking much during the week because I am still being. Um, well, I should be. No, I'm not going to say I'm grateful. I'm not a not that type of guy. But I they I am still getting paid to do work, um, which I guess is uh, a good thing in today's climate. Um, I haven't been day drinking during the week, but I have been breaking out some new day drinking themes, Tony. Um, oh, you're doing themed days. I am. I am a. I am a fellow who has a backup of beer. I have lots of it. Um, it's a lot of stout, a lot of very large stouts, um, alcohol-wise um, and bottle-wise, frankly, um, for two people, anyways. Uh, many of them with lots of adjuncts that are kind of hard to, um, you know, have at the end of the night. Uh, many of them very barrel heavy, which I would say also, you know, when you're trying to settle down for the evening, just sort of hard to take down the volume of something like that. So we've been having some stout Saturdays, Tony. Um, and you can kind of take a 25 ounce bomber of, of stout, your champagne bottle size of, of a, a nice big, barrel stout or, or, um, you know, one of my favorites recently, a stout with say like walnuts and coconut or something in it, which I know sounds tacky, but it is good. And, uh, you can spend like four or five hours drinking that, just kind of sipping on it all day. And that's been my day drinking, um, situation lately is, uh, Saturday, you know, around 1230 or one crack that thing open and it'll last you till supper time, start to cook supper, you know? Um, so that's my, um, sort of the new theme day drinking. Uh, Tony, are you going to get in on that with us or? Oh, I should, shouldn't I? I've got a couple of bottles yeah. of um, Bourbon County. Um, but I, I can certainly order some in and I may do stout Saturday slash Sunday for me. But uh, my day drinking has been of a weekend, of course, because I don't want to become an alcoholic, so much like you. I hadn't actually thought about theming it, but it has been heavy towards sours, just making um, use of the uh, last of the good weather here in Australia. It's turned to shit today, so uh, that's probably an end of most of my sour drinking. Um, nothing crazy, just your, your standard sort of either fruit sours or or really sort of straight-ahead sours like Berliner Weiss, uh, Gozes, that sort of stuff. I, I really find is a good afternoon day drink uh, they're beverage. great they're amazing so i want to tell you about a beer i actually have it right here i'm not going to open it but i'm going to talk about this real quick this is a beer i got from a um a uh shipping um i have a 
Uh, I think I might have mentioned this on our last episode or one of our previous episodes. Again, I'm getting hung up in the temporal um, of the show, which doesn't matter. But uh, this is a beer um, that I got uh, from the internet. It is called Key Lime Pie. Pie with uh, pie as in the number. Um, Okay, yep, gotcha. And it has 22 key lime pies for every seven barrels of beer. So do that math if that makes, if that's funny, you know, <laughs> kind of funny. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. We, me and me and my wife drank one of these on, on, uh, on, set on Sunday. And this shit was fucking wild, man. Um, it was like hazy, creamy type situation going on. Um, had a clear like graham cracker flavor and like a sweet lime, but tart lime, you know, key lime taste, I guess. Um, it was really, really good. (laughs) Um, and extremely drinkable for what it should have been. Um, I thought it was going to be like too sweet or something or too, or too tart, which a lot of these are, but this stuff was insane. And I really, really liked it. Um, so Westbrook key lime pie, you see that, uh, around um gang who are here in the states i saw i bought it on tavor which is a sort of an online uh, um, site they're not paying me for these promos but um give give it a look man this westbrook stuff is wild but anyways uh yeah the sour the sour scene has been popular here as well too um maybe sour sunday maybe that's something we should start huh that is definitely something we should start now what's your expectation going into what i would consider almost a stunt beer or at least in in the way it's named and and described are, are you jaded coming into these beers at this point are you expecting to be just sort of they're okay or the vast entirely dependent on the brewery dependent on who the brewer is. Um, So, so this one that I was talking about, I expected to at least be competent because Westbrook is, you know, one of the best breweries in the country. Um, You know, if, if that beer came out, say from, and I think it did. So uh, I think if um, say one of my um, local breweries, uh, uh, I'm not going to name them. That's not nice, but a, uh, there's a local brewery that makes a key lime pie type beer. Um, it might've been like a fruited IPA or something. And it was absolutely not only bad in the way that it was a stunt, but bad in the way that it wasn't even good beer making. Um, sort of the, the core, the problem a lot with, with these gimmick beers is that I think they actually fail at the first part of the making a competent beer. You know what I mean? Like I think to do a key lime pie beer, well, you have to make a competent Berliner or Gosa, right? Some sort of kettle soured type beer. And then you can use that as a, as a palette for yourself to add, you know, your fun, funny flavors or whatever, you know? Um, but if you can't get the first part right, then boy, I mean, I wouldn't start fucking around with it until it's good. Cause that ain't going to work. Um, yeah, that's, so that's mostly where I'm at. I, I think you're right there with the recipe formulation. So Get your base down, right? Get a good solid goza or at least have an idea of what, what that is. Get that portion of it right and then just just shade around that box. Make adjustments on, on that base to suit the ingredient that you're going to put into it. I just checked out Westbrook and some of their their beers and like their, their first beer on their website, it just 
which in whichever way they they popped it up, hazy IPA, okay, not surprising. But their second, a Hellas. Now that shows what, me. Was it the low and slow Hellas? Yeah. Yep. Dude, that is so good. I had that. I because I so. I am often in South Carolina um, for work. I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but um, Westbrook's in South Carolina. It's not really anywhere near where I am going in South Carolina because um, I'm more in the Greenville area. But uh, a lot of their beer pops up, and I've bought cans of that low and slow. They, they did a low and slow Hellas, and I think they did a Pils, like a German Pils or something yeah. also. Say hi, and both of pills? those were absolute crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. Um, absolute money. Uh, those beers are awesome. And I just think that shows that the brewery itself has got their priorities right when when those are the are, are two of the most um, sort of front and central beers. I think if you've got a good core beer that you are proud of and you are displaying, then your more stunt-style beers um, really make sense. Well, their Gosa is one of the best, recognized as one of the best in the in the country, at least. Um, just their kind of core base flagship Gosa. Um, they have a bunch of nice flagship beers, actually. They have um, uh, uh, some nice, like more. I would I wouldn't say West Coast, but you know, the tra- translucent IPAs. I guess <laughs> I would say, um, uh, and they make. Um, they make a, that nice Gosa and they, they just, they they pump out some other nice flagships too. And then they make some stunts, right? So they have like a Lassie, a Lassie, not the dog, Lassie, Lassie Gosa type thing, like a mango Lassie. The only issue I have there is, is what are they doing as far as like mimicking the yogurt point of view? Are they just doing that with acid or are they adding lactose in which? which it's lactose, be- yeah. It's, I'm sure they're throwing lactose into those, yeah. I, I had a yogurt beer recently, by the way. It was a yak, a yak, is it yakult? yakult? What, what yep. is that shit called? That, is that y- the, you the, called yep. the biodynamic drink in the little, um, really little, like two ounce plastic bottles. Yeah, um, a brewery local here, it's a really great one too. Um, I miss going there because I used to go there a lot. A uh, place called Mars. They made a, it was called Yakul and it was a strawberry yakult inspired beer and it had some kind of yogurt lacto bacillus and lactose component to it and it was really good too those guys are great i love that brewery um everything is like a crazy kind of small batch kind of cook up that again makes sense though as a beer like the yakult as a souring agent makes complete sense to me or as a um, former home brewer like that's just another way of of getting that sour fermentation happening. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's not unusual too. I think using yogurt to even, you know, revive yeast in some worlds is not a totally insane thing to do. Um, yeah. It, it, well, uh, I did get some, speaking of kind of sort of unusual beers, I did get some beer shipped to me today um, impulsively. Um, have you been doing any of that, Tony? Are you getting anything shipped to you? Or are you pretty much having to go somewhere to obtain beers? Or I have been going to obtain beers, but I think as 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 this thing is dragging on longer, I um this was I will just talk about it for a moment. Part of the core idea of this show was for both of us to be reviewing a beer in the same way that Griff is reviewing a beer um, today, 
And because of my um, diabetes diagnosis, I decided to nix that, at least from my point of view. Now, as this thing drags on and as I get more comfortable with you as a host, um, I really think I should be joining you and foregoing an evening drink and just having it while we record. So I might start getting some beers shipped in and we can both do reviews and, and sort of discuss them. And um, our good beer week of, was meant to be taking place um, right now. Because that's not taking place, a lot of the brewers are releasing their stuff online with either reduced postage or um, just the stuff that would have been at, at Great Aussie Beer Fest as well. They're releasing that to the public, so... No, that's uh, yeah, uh, and some of that's happening elsewhere too. I actually saw, um, you know, uh, that the Mickler beer celebration, which is postponed till October, um, they they usually would make a beer for the fest. Um, and last year, it was probably my most memorable, <laughs> which is a stretch to say anything was that memorable because I was drinking all day every day. But uh, the most mem- one of my most memorable beers, they made a Berliner Weiss with, um. Yuzu and calamansi. Um, what fruits. is calamansi? Calamansi. I'm not familiar. Calamansi, and I've it, there's there's a similar beer here called uh, Yuzu Fierce, which has calamansi. Calamansi is a Philippine lime, and it looks like a lime on the outside, but it looks like an orange on the inside. That that makes sense because we've got some weird limes in Australia, Australian desert limes and finger limes. I'm trying to. And and I've never eaten one. I would like to be clear about that. I, the closest I've come to eating it is drinking it in uh, different beers. Um, it sounds like an awesome fruit. It's um, The taste of the fruit is quite sour. The peel is sweet. Calamansi marmalade can be made like orange marmalade. That sounds good. Um, and yuzu, I think you're probably more familiar with, although that's another fruit that I've only uh, I've only had as as a, like an additive in things, whether it be beer or uh drinks or I've never, I've never had, I've never seen, I've probably never even looked at a yuzu in real life, like in the flesh, as it were. Have you, I mean, has that, is that something that like comes to you? Do you guys see yuzu around or? No. I've made the comment on, on podcasts before and, uh, no, uh, I'm sure people will remember me specifically for this. I hope so. That'd be really funny. I'd never eaten an apricot and I still haven't. What? Um, no, I've never had one. Yep, I've never eaten an apricot. I've had every apricot. I love apricot taste. So I, I'm positive I would love to eat one. But I've never, like, like peaches, I pick up, I will pick up a peach. And I'm not saying I even have to pick it up and eat it. I've never just had a sliced up apricot and been like, damn, that's tasty, you know, um, because I've never done it. I'm sure it is tasty. Um, I've eaten it dried. I've eaten it in beer. I've had it in drinks. I've had it blended up into stuff. Um, but never once have I been like, let me slice this bad boy up and, 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 you know, chomp, chomp it down. Um, and for some reason now I feel like I'm obligated to keep stretching that out, even though (laughs) I've had them and everything. I can't, now I'm just not going to have one. Um, just to be a dick. Now I, um, I have had plenty of fresh apricots. Now, mm-hmm. I, when they're at their peak, they are one of the most divine fruits that you can ever have. But kind of like a peach, if you get an underripe one or an overripe one or one that's just a little bit off, they, the experience is 
It's it's not like eating an average banana or an average pe- orange. Peaches are honestly the same way as this, yeah. If you if you have a messed up peach, it's like really depressing. It is, yeah. And that that's sort of what I'm saying is the fact that they're they're great when they're at their peak, but boy, when they're when they're bad, they're awful. Yeah, they're bad. The dirt and and that's that's something we underestimate. I think about an apple. Boy, this is some compelling discussion. Fruit discussion, guys. Um, apples are very durable. I feel like it's hard to fuck up apple time unless you're just sitting it. Unless you're just fucking around with it, like you're trying to be a dickhead to an apple. You know, you're bruising it or you're um, you're leaving it out for months at a time. You know, kind of the the a good tasting apple is probably going to be good for a couple of weeks, frankly. It, it, I mean, my opinion, right. You, you got a nice window as long as you bought like a good, you know, type apple type, you know, not red delicious meaning, you know, any of the other ones, but, uh, they're, they're, uh, you're, you're getting like some nice durability there, but you know, stone fruit, your peaches, your, um, apricot nectarines, that shit gets nasty. Um, and if you miss if you miss the window and it's even just a little off, you're sort of depressed because you're like, damn, I should have had this yesterday because it was going to be good, you know. I do think though, like a really really superb apple, if you can get hold of them, can be mind blowing as well. But you're right, it does. Yeah. No, it's true. If you get a, a really good one, yeah. Because we grew apples this year, it was one of the few crops we had success with, and they are a whole nother level. Yeah, same here. Um, it feels a million miles away, but I'm actually very close to Michigan. Everything feels a million miles away because I can't leave the house. But um, Michigan makes some is has a much more rich um, availability of different types of fruits and vegetables. Um, frankly, most of our fruit and vegetables comes from if it doesn't come from California, um, it comes from uh, especially if you're at a farmer's market. It's coming from Michigan. Um, especially fruit, Michigan, Wisconsin, you're getting a lot of your like apples and, um, other types of peaches, cherries, blueberries, all that stuff comes from Michigan. Um, and all their apples are great. Gang, you gotta be eating your fruit these days, all right? Get those vitamins in you. You gotta build that immunity. All right. That's why we're doing fruit, the fruit hour, um, here on the beer engine. So are you able to get stuff delivered to you or you're just not getting good quality fruit at the moment? Because our local greengrocers is doing non-contact deliveries for us. So. We do have a produce shop here. Um, they're not doing delivery. Uh, you can do like curbside pickup, which I'd be willing to do. They're charging $15 to get it delivered curbside um, versus going in the store and picking it out yourself, which I think is a little bit of a surcharge. Um, that said, it is a very inexpensive produce shop. So... Maybe I'll just cough it up because, I mean, everything there is insanely inexpensive already. Like, you can get five bags of fruit for $14. So, um, maybe I'll just eat the $15 charge. But, um, yeah, you know, you're pretty much stuck with whatever's at the at the Mega Mart. Um, otherwise, if you do, like, Instacart or something, which I did do, and you're, you're – I mean, I the lady's texting me who's doing the shopping, and she's like, yeah, these – you know, this shit's bad. The bananas suck, you know apples are crap just do fruit next time and i do want it to be clear that i did instacart before the strike i am not a i'm not a scab or a picket line i'm not breaking picket lines i they went on their kind of wildcat strike on monday and i was not doing instacart um anymore so uh don't come after me please 
Or if you're going to come after me, come after me for something else. It is a it, it's a tough position to be in because for um, people like you and I that need to self isolate, how do we strike that balance between supporting workers because we're both supporting the the workers um, and also keeping ourselves safe. Yeah, I mean, um, the the fact is that uh, I, I think, um, and maybe this is too defeatist. This is why I'm probably never going to be a meaningful activist in the in the real way. Is that I feel like I'm just kind of fucked. I guess. Uh, in if I were a real life activist, I would not order shit from Amazon. You know, uh, because I because that's is stupid. And Amazon is a dangerous company that puts people at risk. Um, and before this, frankly, right, every day they were doing that. Um, then again, the, the stuff shows up so damn fast, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I just sort of admit that I'm a hypocrite and then I decide, then I just become, you know, what I am, right. I'm, I'm ordering Howard's in books through Amazon and I'm like, damn, that's depressing sort of in it, even on the surface, it's a problem, you know, like, so I don't know. Uh, I don't have a good answer for that, I guess. I mean, uh, like Instacart, you, you say, I'm not going to order, you know, during the week of their strike. We're going to hope that something positive happens. Uh, I haven't heard of anything positive happening because it feels like nothing good ever happens with that. But um, maybe, you know, maybe it will. Um, just the same stuff with like Uber, right? I did stop taking Ubers. But I mean, then I just, I could just admit to myself that I was an adult and I could just take a taxi like a grown up. But, um, you know, there, you, you kind of just either you swear off something or you say, you know, I'll, I just will hope and pray and, and do my best to try to support better, a better world overall that will provide better conditions for people who work at places like Amazon. Right. Um, and that's why you, you know, you try to, vote and phone bank and walk around well when you could walk around the streets and knock doors you would do that but uh i wasn't good at that shit either so i don't know I just vote i just vote and then complain i don't know i'm a big pussy that's my problem but fair enough because i i am finding it hard to strike a balance these days between wanting to keep yourself safe but also not wanting to put others in danger and it's i would have never gotten it i tip the lady i'm I'm not, I'm not trying to brag. You don't have to stand up and give me a round of applause for this. But I did I did tip the shopper like an insane amount. <laughs> I mean, the suggested tip, I just like quintupled the suggested tip. I'm like, if you're going to go out in this and you're going to bring this to my house, like here's a, a bunch of money. I don't know. You know. Thank you. Yes. Finally, someone appreciates me. Um. No, I threw, I, uh, but that's just, you know, I would advise that if, if I can, if I can promote anything, it would be to, uh, if you see, if anybody goes out in this, if you got a DoorDash driver or whatever, that's bringing you your chicken shawarma, for example, um, just, just, I know it costs $15, just give them a 50, uh, just give them a 20 or whatever, you know, you were going to go out to dinner anyways, and you were going to pay 40 bucks. So just, you know, you're still saving money. Just saying. This might be out of the scope of, of your expertise, but it's something that I've been thinking about recently. And it's not a, a look on the bright side kind of question, but how do you think um, it will change the retail landscape 
going forward for for restaurants and for local businesses? Because, like, I'm in a small town of five thousand people, but a lot of retail has moved online, um, whether it be be clothing stores, um, not setting up full stores, but through their Facebook page, um, allowing people to buy goods and, as I said, the greengrocers are now doing deliveries and I, all the, the local pubs and clubs are doing meals where they can deliver or do no-contact pickups from their premises. Um, the, I think once this corona thing settles down, the no-contact thing will, will go away but I certainly think some of these businesses will look at these as extra revenue streams going forward rather than just wholly relying on their sit-down sit business? I think it's going to be um, – I, I think it's going to be different here in the States than it is in other places. Um, and that's just an opinion, not not really understanding, but the safety net here for um, almost anybody is almost nothing. I think um, at the same time, I do think uh, a lot of small businesses here, for for example, let's let's say – the bottle shop that I frequent, which we've talked about a lot on this show already in the three episodes or whatever we've had, but the bottle shop I frequent, um, has a very loyal, you know, base of patrons that, that are a a very loyal community of people that I see a lot, right. That I'm um, familiar with. And they've built a group that is willing to go, you know, to their shop and get curbside pickup. They like beer, you know, they have a beer, base um they have people who have a vested interest in them staying alive for example me who lives five minutes away you know it would be sucky if that place was gone because i have to drive another 15 minutes you know to to get any of the stuff i want Uh, they have relationships with all the little brewers in the area that make the good stuff that i want um so i think places like that will be damaged potentially by the lack of um uh, st- stability lent by um, a indifferent, you know, nation, I suppose, but will be propped up by a, um, a I, I do think there's some, maybe, the, and this is probably true in other countries too, it's not an American thing, but I do think there is a hyper-loyalist <laughs> thing going on with the U.S. that's probably a little bit got to do with sort of our nature. Um, where people will just, they will just make sure that they can, um, they just go to the place where they go. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't all of a sudden switch to Binnie's just because they do Instacart. I was like, well, you know, as long as I can back my car into the door pretty much and they just bring it into my car, what's the difference? I still have to Clorox wipe everything. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I think as long as the, and, and so I think as long as there's, as these companies have built, these businesses have built up some kind of fan base they're going to have a chance. Um, if they started at the wrong time or soda has never caught on or weren't offering something that is um, particularly prevalent. Um, for example, I have some friends who run a business that has a very niche, is a very niche clothing brand. And they pretty much make their year at two big events um, during the year. Both of those events got canned. And there's really not going to be a lot of options for them other than that, you know. Um, so I bought some merch from them cause they're my pals and I like their merch. I like their stuff. You know, they make, they make clothing for sort of a, a specific niche of the universe. Um, and I was part of that, you know? Uh, so I bought a hat and I bought Kelly's shirt and it was cool, but 
that's not going to do it right they would make their whole year they're making you know you know 100 110 grand at you know one event uh, just unloading, you know, gear, and um, they're not going to be able to replicate that with online sales. So, for places like that that sort of have narrow fan bases, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be trickier. And I think same with restaurants, right? If you, if you have sort of a narrow type of um, level of support with with kind of a, a specific um, either type of food or um, maybe it's ethnic food or something like that that you know a handful of people love and and support to the death. Uh, it might not be enough, you know what I mean? Some of the uh, restaurants and food businesses around here have chosen not to stay open. Um, either they could, Same here. They couldn't um, make enough money or they, for health reasons, decided not to and you, you can't sort of deny them that. And then what happens to their business? Do people not just go out and or do they put their money elsewhere into big corporations like Domino, like McDonald's, like KFC, who are... Haven't pulled the trigger on those yet. If I'm going out, I'm I, I, as much as I sort of appreciate Taco Bell, um, in in its own way. Uh, I haven't. If I'm venturing out of the house, none of those, uh, none of the fast foods are, uh, I think, capturing my my dollar at this point. No, I I haven't stooped to that. But if you were, what is number one on the list? What are you sort of Taco Bell? Oh no, 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 no. White Castle. I, I was going yeah. to ask my one and only experience with White Castle was bad, but well, you ate the frozen burgers or whatever. Didn't no, you? I didn't. No, you went with Rob. Yeah, yeah, yep. I did have the real thing, but um, I oh, um, you got to do it. You got to do it like I do it. I got the moves with White Castle. Okay, L- look, when this this quarantine's over, I'll be I'll be right over to your place. And we'll do White Castle the right way. And what beer are you, are you matching with White Castle? And it's got to be something real, not like fucking hams or cores or something shitty. No, it's got to be good. Well, I'll say this. I I love swabbing those things with spicy mustard. And I know that sounds like I'm doing the Harry Carey impression from the Will Ferrell impression <laughs> of Harry Carey. But, um, so they'll give, so they, um, and I bought, I have a tube of this stuff too, but. They have this Dusseldorf mustard at White Castle. I'm not shitting you. It says Dusseldorf style spicy mustard on the packet. It's nice brown spicy mustard for a, for a fast food restaurant, anyways. And uh, the way I eat them um, is I uh, you, I don't get cheese on mine. First of all, I'm just not a big American cheese eater. Um, you might, I mean I'm not I'm not anti anyone else getting it. I just don't because uh, it's a little bit gummy to me, but. Um, I just pull, I just swab those bad boys right in a big dollop of that mustard and, and take it down. Um, and it's a little spicy, a little horseradishy and, uh, I, I love it. So what, what would pair good with a spicy mustard? I think it's, I think it's like a West coast IPA. Really? You know what I mean? Like a kind of a, kind of a danky type of IPA, you know, maybe not too sweet. Something sort of ripping um, that'll back up that mustard spice a little bit. Um, that or my favorite food pairing beers are like Tank Seven type beers. And I'm not sure if I gave you a Tank Seven. You're familiar with it, but it's oh, yeah, just I'm like a, with Tank Seven. A hoppy, a hoppy saison, which has a little pineyness to it. Because um, I, I think saison just pairs great with food, no matter what it is. So, um, and there's a lot of onion to those burgers too. So there's kind of a farmy funkiness to those that I think would fit nice with a, with a Saison type beer. Um, but those would be my kind of 
that'd be my move. You know, either if you got a, if you got sort of a translucent type, uh, you know, in the mode of a, of a stone or a, Hey, Pliny the elder man with your white castles, why not? Or, or two hearted, frankly, you know, two hearted would be great. And, uh, and or a saison like a tank seven type beer yeah yeah i like the idea of a saison especially something slightly on the on the hoppier side i like that sort of dryness against the the fattiness or sliminess of of white castle damn you're making me want white castle i gotta say (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i just ate Um, i I just had dinner right before we talked and now all of a sudden like ooh, white castle sounds nice i could do that well then i'll recommend some reading for our people in case they're they're burger fiends. And that is, um, I don't know whether you're familiar with, I think it's George Most. Oh, that sounds familiar. Um, let, me, let me look him up while you're talking. Oh, I know this guy. See, smash burgers are the way to do it, by the way. Like, I just want that out there. Like, you're, there is a, sorry, finish your thing, but there is, um, there, the smash burgers here are getting very popular. So, well, See, I like his riff on the smash burger. It's a smash burger meets a white castle slider. So what I mean by that is you put your ball of meat, like not a slider size, like a, a smash burger size, you put that on the grill, then you add an equal handful of very thinly sliced onion on top of that, and then you smash it and let it cook almost completely on that one side and then you flip it over with a minute, minute minute and a half to go and the onion steams the other side of the patty and you get this really caramelised and beautiful smash burger that is just defined. Oh, sounds good. See, I ate a burger yesterday and I'm already like, damn, I can go for a burger. Um, I did go out for burgers yesterday, Tony, I, and I didn't get a smash burger. I actually usually don't like the big, like, thick burger like steakhouse style burger um but i had one yesterday and it it was very good um uh it had sort of um they do sort of the uh are you familiar have you heard of and it's very unlikely that you've ever heard of this place have you heard of kuma's corner is that a place you're familiar with by in name no I am not familiar okay. with Kumas. There was no chance you had, but well, there was a chance because you've been to Chicago. But um, it's a, it's a, it's like a metalhead burger place. You know, they play very loud. You know, metal, and they have burgers named after like metal bands. So they have like the Plague Bringer and the Slayer and all that stuff, right? So a place like that, um, it's not metal as metal as as Kumas, but they have sort of these over the top burgers. Um, we have one of them near us and it's good. Um, and they, they, uh, they pop, they did like a pop-up at one of their sister restaurants nearby. So me and Kelly got picked up from it yesterday. Um, and they had a burger. The burger was very good. It had kimchi bacon and, um, like a togarashi aioli on it. It was really good. Um, and, uh, I, I can only eat half of it because I'm a wimp and I can't eat those giant burgers like that. I just can't. I just can't finish the whole thing, you know, especially if I'm eating fries and stuff, which I was. Um, but uh, I, I prefer the smash burgers because I love the crispy Me the crust. But um, this was decent, you know, sort of. And it was medium in the middle, so it was what I wanted. But it was, um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't always recommend those big, like, fat burgers. But uh, this was a decent example. But uh, 
I would recommend to the listeners as we start to kind of wind this up here, uh, wind this down as it were, um, check out binging with Babish on YouTube. Um, he didn't pay me either, but, uh, it's kind of fun to watch. And, uh, he made, um, I think similar to what you just described, he made the order from Harold and Kumar. Um, he, he makes, he makes orders from, he makes food from TV shows. So he made a bunch of Simpsons food too, which, um, fits my personality because I love the Simpsons. So check that out. Well, if you're recommending YouTube channels, can I recommend a YouTube channel back to you, which I'm sure. Badlands Chugs. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. You and your chug videos. Uh, <laughs> bon Appetit, like it's an industry standard oh, yeah. with YouTube, but a classic. Yeah. yeah, the personalities are great. Who doesn't love Gabby or Brad? It's it's just solid food talk and better than anything you get on TV or Netflix. Not all the time, but most of the time. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, another classic in the bank, Tony. What do you think of that one, huh? I think that was our second best show ever. Okay. I'm going to make sure we release one show before this so that statement will ring true. (laughs) All right. Well, pick any of the other ones and we're in good shape, (laughs) except for the one where I was wasted. All right, guys. Another uh, another treat um, uh, to to get to interact with all of you, whoever you are. Um, Tony, do you have any parting words um, for our uh, loyal crew of followers? Many dongs coming to a Pornhub near you. And hey, I, I heard I heard a little birdie told me premium was free on, during the quarantine. So you guys might want to take advantage of that. Uh, and check out Badlands Chugs while you're at it too. Um, just a quick promo from a guy out there. Now, is that on Pornhub? Because that sounds like a Pornhub thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to give any more free promo to Pornhub. They're, they're doing fine. Um, check us out on... Uh, all the normal places. Um, once I get my shit together and give us a Twitter account, you'll be able to figure it out. If you even do a cursory Google search, I'm sure. Um, uh, hey, how about Instagram? Maybe I'll try that. I don't know. I can't promise anything. Um, and then uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm uh, Good luck finding me, though, because um, uh, I don't post anything, so why bother? And Tony's on Twitter at, at St. Ma's or something, and he doesn't post anything either. So maybe we'll start posting. I don't promise anything. Um, I've been shit posting on Facebook the last few days, so feel free to check me out there. Um, uh, only if you know me, though. So sorry. That's it, Tony. I got no other things to say. I'm out of them.